I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Across the UK, online and on DAB. <laughs> Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. Femba can go to hell. Topical talk, outspoken opinion and inspirational conversation on the hour of Badass Power. Underwear, armpit hair, many imitators but no one compares. Minter, Campbell and Sexton are your all new Saturday Night Super Squad. Badass Women's Hour on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. One, two, three, Welcome to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Emma Sexton and Natalie Campbell. And today we're going to be talking about Casey Affleck's Oscar win, why we all love Stormzy and just how to deal with credit card debt if, like me, you are loaded down with it. Um, But first of all, as ever, we'll be starting with the news stories that have really pricked our interest this week. So, Nat, we're going to you. What do you want to start with this week? So, it makes me so happy to start with this story. And it's Rihanna. (laughs) Rihanna. Rihanna. Yeah. Riri. So, this week, Rihanna was awarded the Harvard Humanitarian Award. And it's in recognition of the work that she does with her Clara Lionel Foundation. And for those of you that don't know, she has um, worked across with education and also AIDS um, uh, training and, and awareness both across Malawi and, and other countries in Africa and her home country of Barbados. And Harvard have, have recognised this and all of the work that she does behind the scenes and all of the funding that she's, she's put into different initiatives with this award. But it was her speech that really got me. First of all, it was true Rihanna style. You know, she did the proper hair flick. She was like, people, I'm up in the building. And then she, she, she you know, brought some serious uh, elements to it. So one of the things that was really interesting to me about her speech, I think you can talk about, is I didn't, it wasn't the Rihanna that I was expecting. Like, she was funny, but she was charming and really thoughtful. Like, she makes some really important points. But what were you expecting? I was expecting, a, I was expecting some hair flick and I was expecting some, like, really in-your-face attitude. And she wasn't in your face. She was just really charming and funny. I think she was humble. I think yeah. she was. She she recognizes that this is you know, this is beyond the celebrity. This is fundamentally changing people's lives, not just with entertainment uh, and a visual and helping them to escape, but giving them an opportunity at, at having a life and a, a career or or, or better health. Um, so my my favorite bit from the speech was, "You don't have to be rich to help somebody." 
You don't got to be famous. You don't even have to be college educated. I mean, I wish I was. And, you know, she's not saying so. Obviously, she's at Harvard, um, especially today. Um, it starts with your neighbor, the person right next to you, the person sitting next to you in class, the kid down the block in your neighborhood. You just do whatever you can to help in any way that you can. And that is the truth. You don't have to be a celeb on TV to help someone. It's it just it's about asking the person next to you, what do you need? What would make you feel good? Do you know what? I've always been a bit meh about Rihanna, but, <laughs> but you know, you've always banged on about it. Yeah, yeah, whatever, Can't Rihanna, breathe. Beyonce. But all the stuff I've seen lately, and there was these amazing videos of when she was out um, with some kids in, was she in Africa yeah. for that? And I, Yeah, and then this, this talk, which I haven't seen yet and I really do want to see, but suddenly I'm like, what? Yeah, I think I've got. I'm developing a little bit of a girl crush on Rihanna. I've got to say, yeah. move over, Beyonce. Have your maternity leave, <laughs> Rihanna. <laughs> Step in. <laughs> I was really impressed. I thought saw a completely different side, and I want to see more of that, Rihanna. And I wonder. I don't know. Wonder why we haven't seen as much of it before? Because I just didn't know she did all this humanitarian work. Because the media doesn't cover that side of her stuff. So I've seen it. You know, she hosts a massive um, ball each year. And lots of celebs attend. It doesn't really get coverage in the US press. It doesn't get coverage here because she's got clothes on. No one really cares. She takes her clothes off and then people are interested. And then they want to slate her for it. People love to hate her. And that's one of the things that frustrates me. And I think it's maybe one of the reasons that I gravitate towards her so much because she isn't your typical ideal of what a woman should be. For me, sort of her, you know, rocking up with a shaved head and having tattoos, it meant so much. And especially as a black woman, the kind of, there's a different version of what, being sexy as a black woman is so I, I there is no there is nothing anyone could say about Rihanna that would make me change how I feel mm, about her fabulous. I think you're converting me yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are we're all converted to Rihanna this week one person we are not converted to however is Casey Affleck um so this is a story that I have been following this week and I'm just both infuriated but also kind of I'm always like shrug I can't believe we're still talking about this about it so Casey Affleck won an Oscar for his role in Manchester by the Sea um, but it was marred by controversy because he has obviously been accused several times of sexual harassment of women. And several people have said that he shouldn't have won it because of these accusations, most of which I think have been settled out of court. Um, and what was really notable was that when the person presenting the award, which was Brie Larson, um, called his name and invited him up, everyone else in the audience applauded, but she did not. And she just stood there and gave it to him. And I, for one, just think this is hopefully the beginning of a fight back from Hollywood women about this just acceptance that if you are an actor in Hollywood, you get to do whatever you want. Do you think, Emma, is that... Yeah, I think, you know, why is it that women have to stand up for this? Because there's been all the talk around Uber as well, and I've been reading those stories. Now, I like every woman I know, especially my age, we have a sexual harassment story, you know, and it always happened in the first few careers. I have the same thing. I have a creative director who tried to have sex with me, and we've all got a story, and it all just seems to be normal. These men who do this are mentally that like that there's something wrong with them but there's this general acceptance that you can treat women this way but I don't want women to stand up for this I want society mm. to like they, you know people are like oh you've got to delete your Uber app I'm like that's not going to change it it's not a thing it's nothing really to do with Uber it's about an individual who's toxic and it's about a cultural change oh so that's really interesting because I think it is to do with Uber so if you haven't seen the story Uber basically a former engineer who worked there a woman wrote a blog on her personal 
website about what the culture was like in which she claimed that it was totally normal for men at the organisation to kind of pester women for sex, in which it was totally normal for women to be overlooked for promotion, um, in which you know, it was a kind of a very much a bro culture and then the women were just kind of pushed out to the side. And I think it's it is company culture. It, like it's toxic all the way down, which is the same in Hollywood. It's accepted. But it's every company it's culture. Okay. It's everywhere. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's it's every company culture. You know, not not well, not, not my every, company. No, well, it, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But I do think what you have in industries that are heavily populated by men, it it's connected to a lot of insecurities. So the stories that I've heard where men have said things or, or made gestures, and where especially against a woman that's doing quite well, they're like, well, she must have slept her way to the top. That's your. That's a whole level of insecurity that that guy has about the fact that this woman is more powerful than him. So we, we, need, we need to look at the spectrum of... I guess the workplace and culture. But hang on, it's not just talent. men. I used to. I hired a, a guy who was a junior designer, mm-hmm. and, and we were part of a bigger company. Mm-hmm. And somebody at a Christmas party approached him. He was twenty-one. This woman was mid forties, mm-hmm. and made him feel really uncomfortable. Approached him in a corridor, tried to kiss him, and he was actually very upset about that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this is not just a male thing. Like this happens. It's it's not just a male thing, but it is predominantly a male thing. Right? It's predominantly... The stories of men harassing women are way outnumbering the stories of women harassing men. Yeah. And I think that's about the way society, you know, undervalues women in general. Yeah. And so what do we need to do to kind of stop it? Because the thing that shocked me about Uber, that shocked me about Casey Affleck, is people know it's happening and nobody does anything about but it. That's, that's, no. I mean, you have to go back to understanding... So, A, workplace cultures. Workplaces don't think about the cultures within their organisation. They're like, let's whack some values on the wall and yeah. everyone adheres to those values. No, start thinking about how you treat the people within your organisations. They don't feel insecure about themselves um, so that they, they perpetuate that sort of behaviour. That's one step. But also make it okay for people to stand up and say, this thing happened, this situation happened, and I don't feel okay. I did not feel safe in that scenario. Drinking culture is another side of this. I've seen so much stuff happen yeah. once people are absolutely leathered. People yeah. sleeping with you. And, yeah. and, you know, once that the, the drink haze goes, when you can, both parties come out of that, they're like, oh, okay. And, so, and maybe you weren't so okay with that situation. It then turns into harassment. So I think there's no. lots of... Oh no, my no, gosh, no! No, no I, I mean... No, we cannot say that harassment is the point of women being like, oh, I got a bit drunk and didn't mean to sleep no, with him, so I, now I'm going to say it's harassment. See, I didn't say women, though. Okay. I said they. Okay, they, so, but, and, like, but the emphasis... But no, 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 I, I didn't emphasise that at all. On both sides, going to Emma's point, a guy might wake up and also be like... Feel a bit awkward. That, yeah, exactly. It's it's both it's both sides. I'm not putting in any judgment on who it might be, but I'm saying it's the culture of the drinking and the getting wasted and the everyone sort of the the hooking up and that in workplaces it's a massive thing. Maybe in Hollywood it's a, it's a different story, but what I've seen it's we have to change those behaviours. There are other ways to socialise. I don't know if that's true because I know so many people who met that other half through work, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if you spend 75% of your time in an office, it's quite likely you're going to meet somebody at some point that you are quite attracted to there. Mm-hmm. And if they're also attracted to you and you are mutually consensual sexual relations, fabulous. What is not okay is for general, all day, every day discrimination. It's not okay for your boss to email you and be like, your legs look great in that skirt. It's not okay for you to be left out of a meeting because the guys have gone to the pub for it. But it, this what, is like but this what is stuff ha- that happens but what also every day. Happens, and again, and it's a culture thing. So none, that is not okay at all. 
But what then happens when everyone's out on a night out and gets absolutely wasted and people start kissing all over the place? So it's it's kind of like once drink comes into it and there is frivolity and, and sexual behaviour... And then the haze goes and people are like, actually, you know, I don't want someone to send me an email saying anything provocative. And again, I'm not saying men or women because I, I put my hand, my, you know, my hands up. I, I talk about men in, in a very objective way. Um, so I think we can't, you can't have one without the other. You have to look at organisational culture. No, 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 hate. you <laughs> cannot have, uh, you cannot have blind drunk going out drinking office frivolity culture and then expect that no one in the workplace ever talks about sex it's just not possible absolutely but what I'm saying is that you can have a workplace where people are not going out getting drunk and sleeping with each other where there is still massive discrimination and sexual harassment I agree with that but I'm just saying drinking is a part of that culture it is but it's such a small part and it gets blamed for it and then we underwrite it and underwrite the severity of it and we say this is women's fault for going out getting drunk I'm not saying that no you might not be but let me tell you 90% of the world is and that is just not acceptable I am furious about it. But we're going to come back to it later. <laughs> Nat and I are going to go for a drink later. There's probably going to be some discussion. Maybe some snogging. Who knows? <laughs> but we're going to move on. So uh, coming up in section three, we're going to be talking about another story and we're going to have a brilliant guest to help us with it. But Emma, just tell us, what's the story that you've been thinking about this week? Well, there's kind of two stories and they relate to kind of the same thing. So one is Zara's ad campaign where they've got this campaign going, love your curves. And you go, yeah, great. They're celebrating women of all shapes and sizes. No, they're celebrating women who are a size six and look about 12 years old. And then you've got Barbie who've come out with their kind of range of, of women that are all different sizes, which is great. But I do remember two years ago, they tried this whole marketing campaign where we're going to diversify Barbie and I remember having a ranty tweet but I was like yeah but all of them have just got these unachievable physiques Mm. and now suddenly they've come out with all these different physiques but I'm looking at a picture today and they just look like Stepford Wives I'm like so we're going to be talking about our fashion and our brands really listening to us on what we want to see in terms of body diversity and we'll be talking about that with broadcaster and mental health campaigner Liz Fraser after this break on Talk Radio Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome back to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-hosts Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. Before the break, we were talking about the Zara campaign Love Your Curves and the imagery that went with it. Emma, tell us what is so weird about that imagery. Well, I think there's kind of there's two campaigns here. So first of all, there's Zara that have done the Love Your Curves campaign, where they are basically using two girls who look about twelve and are like a size six, like a UK six. They are like tiny. So that to me is just a massive ad fail. Like you've just I don't even know how that advert mm. got signed off. Then you've got. Um, Barbie have come out with a range of dolls and they are really diverse I mean the image here does make them all look like Stepford Wives but at the same time there's this whole there's a lot of I don't know there's lots of like controversy about whether these brands can use things you know that are the zeitgeist at the moment can use feminism can use diversity to you know create new products and and monetize that basically because really what they're trying to do is they're trying to appeal to women and they're also trying to back away from that image that they've had for so long where we're seeing them as damaging women so we're actually joined now by broadcaster and mental health campaigner Liz Fraser who's going to be talking to us a little bit about 
what these images do for women and um, also the fact it's been Eating Disorder Awareness Week. So Liz, tell us, what do you think? Is this Love Your Curves? Is this a terrible campaign? Well, hello, first of all. this is one of the oddest again like like you just said Emma this is a campaign that you actually can't believe has got through any meetings whatsoever and there would probably have been quite a few that a whole load of people sat around a, a table and looked at lots of different images you know to try these are big campaigns they don't do them in a week they take a long time and decided that as you say these are two almost prepubescent girls yeah. I've got teenage daughters and I would say I mean, they are in their 20s, but they look so young, these girls. They look about, yeah, 14, 15, and they have no curves to speak of at all. I actually think they look very lovely, but as very young teenage girls, not as women. So, yeah, that campaign, bizarre. I don't really understand it. And what's this um, whole thing about telling women to love their curves? Is that like is that good for us, or is that just, is it just a bit of a... Well, it is odd. And like you said, it's been Eating Disorders Awareness Week. uh, And I run a mental health website, Headcase, and I've had a lot of people writing in to me this week with different aspects of their experiences with eating disorders. And guys as well, by the way, because guys get eating disorders. Because guess what? You know, it's not actually only about the images that were sold and the pictures that we see in the magazines. It's really not. And a lot of people have been writing to Headcase this week and saying, actually... I am very, very thin or I am very, very fat or whatever, not because of size and not because of a body shape that I want, but because I'm unhappy. Mm. That's my way of expressing my unhappiness. And all it actually means is I have massive low self-esteem. I I think I'm worthless. I I don't believe in myself. I feel really bad about myself. And where some people would express that in certain ways, I express it through food, either by not eating or eating loads or eating and throwing up, you know, and there's all kinds of different sort of in-betweens. I mean, we do know that the media has has an impact on the way that we feel about ourselves. Of course it does. Um, but I, I sort of think it's it's important to understand that for a lot of people, developing any kind of mental health thing, that if we talk just about eating disorders or body dysmorphia and all this kind of thing, it can really come internally. It can come so much from you. And for whatever reason, you know, that's the way that you control it or express it. Um, it's it's devastating, actually. It's funny when I set the, when I set Headcase up. You know, I've, I've, what I've basically done is opened myself to be the mother to everyone in the world. <laughs> you know, and I'm reading these accounts every day, and they're very emotional, and they're very. Some of them are really really kick ass. Actually, I mean, that's what Headcase is all about. Liz, it's really can I ask, how else yeah. does how else do you, does does the the mental health um, manifest? So it, it can be through eating disorders. What what other things? What other stories are you hearing in terms of people sharing their? This is what it feels like for me, or this is how it yeah. plays out in my life. Okay. Well, well, the reason I set Headcase up basically was because I had a week, so I had an eating disorder when I was younger. But but I think more so than that, I've had anxiety um, in my thirties. It kicked in massively. I, I developed anxiety disorder from nowhere. I was a very outgoing, very brave, very sort of coping person, and then suddenly started to have panic attacks which is very common in your 30s actually and the more I talked to people about various mental health things the more it seemed very obvious that everybody has something and we weren't talking about it the biggest thing probably I would say the biggest issue that's coming to me from all age ranges all backgrounds is anxiety is is panic and anxiety disorder that seems to be higher than anything else can Um, you explain what mm, that is though because again there might be people listening and then I'm I don't know if I was just feeling a bit nervous before yeah. an interview. What, what yeah. is what, what is it? Well, I mean, anyone who's had a panic attack probably knows what, what it is. It's like a huge rush of adrenaline, uh, 
fight or flight, you know, you shake, you sweat, you breathe. It, it's like you've been chased by a lion, but you're just sitting in a studio. Um, and it, it, it's horrifying and it's very, very frightening. And if you're having those regularly and for no apparent reason, there's no reason for you to be at that level of freaking out totally, that would then, I think it's something like if you have them every two weeks or something, it becomes at that point an anxiety or panic disorder. The great news for anyone listening is that, okay, first of all, it's not life-threatening. You will not die during a panic attack unless you do something during the panic attack that can kill you. But the second thing is that it's really good recovery um, sort of rates. Cognitive behavioural therapy is brilliant for it. Um, Talking therapy is really good. And, you know, what I go on and on about is the power of it's not just you. Mm. As soon as someone reads a a column on the website or, or hears me talking, I get people emailing me and writing to me saying that's what I have and I thought it was only me and my whole life has been ruled, ruled by this thing we don't go on holidays in the mall anymore I can't go on the underground anymore yeah. it's affected my work, my relationships, everything I don't know what it is and it's, uh, there was a very famous psychologist whose name I've just forgotten, who called it you know, the, the unnamed fear because people always say to you, what are you scared of? Mm. And I'm I think just it scared. Is about, it's definitely about talking about it because I think mm. um, we were all talking earlier about um, the Storms, the interview on Channel 4 mm. and how powerful it was. And if you haven't seen it, do look it up. He talks about um, suffering from depression mm. and how he always thought if you were a strong person, in quotes, if you were a yeah. strong person, you could not suffer from depression. And so to be somebody who felt that he was very strong mm. and still suffer was really debilitating to his self-esteem. Yeah. So how do we get them? message out that it's not a particular type of person that suffers from this it's can hit anyone at any time yeah because I just don't understand this like I I hit depression when I was 27 and had cognitive behavioral therapy to fix that because I was like I I think I need antidepressants but I don't want to take pills I also had an anxiety problem anxiety is really if you understand the way the body works anxiety just builds and builds and I remember that being scary because I felt like I was just disappearing down a plug hole and I thought if I don't get a grip on this I'm going to be in trouble but I learned about the mind I learned about what triggered anxiety and because I started to then understand how my body was working and that it wasn't driven it was driven by a, a survival instinct that had just basically gone out. I was able to get some control but it was really mm. really mm. hard but I freely talk about going to therapy I regularly I've seen hypnotherapists like mm-hmm. I believe I take as much care of my mental health as I do my physical health yet still some people when I talk about it look at me and like look, yeah. are uncomfortable about yeah. it even people my generation or younger I, I forget and you know Mm -hmm. people like Natalie and Harriet and my friends and we freely talk about our mental health Mm -hmm. and when we're not feeling great and I forget that lots of people just don't have these conversations freely talking about having therapy yeah I mean why is that a problem it's a massive stigma for people and I've explained before that therapy is a great thing whether you're feeling like you need it or not yes exactly and that's I am so going to change this like this is going to change and the only way we can do it is having conversations like this but rebranding the whole thing and there will come a day I absolutely believe there will be a day where just as you go to your your personal trainer in the gym Mm. or whatever or you go to a GP for this or you go for your mates that you'll go to your therapist and that's not to be all kind of you know like New York therapy like oh you know everybody goes to analyst you know actually maybe they were way ahead of us maybe we should have been going to an analyst oh my god there is Um, the most amazing thing in the world is going to a therapist and having an hour a week where you just just get to talk about yourself yeah Yeah. and even that you can find just one session Mm. can like absolutely transform your your state of mind that mind body thing is really important and I've learned much more about it you know in the last sort of you know year or whatever since I've been working on this and then and then since we launched 
I didn't know. I really didn't know. I have a psychology and neuroscience degree, okay? And I've been through all kinds of things. You would have thought someone in my position would know this by now. I really didn't know until I had a nervous breakdown a year and a half ago how physically it can affect you. I was in so much physical pain. I, I, you know, I thought I had flu. I thought I was really ill. We did all the cancer. Brain, you know, We did the whole thing like, oh my God, what have I got? Nothing. It was a physical manifestation of enormous psychological strain, yeah. pressure and crack. And since learning that, I now know my symptoms. And that's why I talk and talk about it. Because if you recognize your symptoms and yeah. you start to feel not well in yourself, get it before it gets too late. Did you get actual physical symptoms? What were they? Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I used to sit at home like almost crying in pain from what felt like flu, like aching pain in my blood, my bones, yeah. my joints, like everything. I was in so much pain. And, you know, that's why I thought I had the worst flu in the world, because it's a physical thing. Night sweats, like you cannot believe, just scooping the sweat off my body. Um, headaches, dizziness, all this stuff. And because you were talking about the guy who was, you know, very confident, very blah, blah. I'm very confident. I'm a TV and radio host. I'm, you know, I'm a podcaster. I'm a writer. I'm a mother of three. Of course I'm competent and confident. Why could I break? I did break and I didn't recognise for so long that that's what it was. So the more early intervention, the more we can teach people, if you had an aching back, if you had a sore knee, you wouldn't run a marathon. If you are, if you notice a change in yourself, distractibility, irritability, loss of memory, don't sleep very well, you just feel a change in character, you just don't feel well in yourself, just Go Liz, to a GP and I talk add, about again, it. Mm. Thinking about people listening, they might be sitting there thinking, oh, you know, I, I feel like this. My friend, had a, it attacked her nervous system. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so she used to itch a lot. And yeah, um, it's sort of yeah. constant pins and needles. So are there any other symptoms? I think just sharing them. Just quickly, any other symptoms we should think about? Well, I always say to people when I give talks and whatever, you have to know yourself. The mm. only way you can tell if something's gone wrong is if you've changed. Mm. So if you've always had an itch, then you've always had an itch. You know what I mean? So know yourself. Know yourself in your normal functioning state. And if you recognise changes, that sleeplessness, irritability, loss of memory, yeah physical pain odd things like that just if you don't honestly feel right in yourself and you think you are behaving differently towards other people and to yourself there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, maybe, maybe time. We are in a pressured environment, right? We're all on our phones. We never get a break. We're constantly stimulated. If you did that to your body and never stop running, you'd get tired. You're doing the same to your mind. Fabulous. So, and if people want to read more about this, what's the website? Uh, Headcase's URL is inmyheadcase.com. So go to inmyheadcase.com. There's tons of stuff on there and there's a drop-down menu. I want people to be writing in right stuff. Be ballsy, be outspoken. The great thing about running this thing is that I can print anything I want. So where most mental health you know, websites couldn't, Oh, we can say it all on Headcase. And that's, you know, that's the rebrand that Fabulous. I'm doing. Fabulous. Thank you very much. Thank so you. Liz will be with us for the next section as well. So she'll be answering your badass balls up, giving us all our advice. We're going to be talking about how do you know whether you're in a funk or whether it's more than that, um, how to manage your money. God, something I've had to learn so badly. And what happens when you've hired someone who's so brilliant at their job that they might be making you look bad? Join us again for that on Talk Radio. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. Welcome back to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass here on Talk Radio. I'm Harriet Minter and I'm joined by my co-host Emma Sexton and Natalie Campbell. And this week we're also joined by broadcaster and mental health campaigner Liz Fraser. So in our section we'll be answering your badass balls ups, the questions you want us to apply our wisdom to I'm not sure why but I'm really thrilled that you do and if you also have a question or you just want to feedback on some things you've heard do make sure you follow us on Twitter or using the hashtag BAWH so our first question of the week I think Nat you've got it I do this came up in conversation with a friend and she was saying you know mate I don't know what the difference is between being in a bit of a blue funk or whether or not I am actually depressed and I don't want to rush off to the doctor and say I'm depressed because I don't know, but I just feel really blue. What what can I do? So I would say actually do go see a doctor. My GP was great when I had exactly the same thing where I was like, am I, am I actually quite depressed? Is this a problem? And I did go into my GP and the first thing I said to them was, I don't want any drugs. Don't give me <laughs> drugs. And they'd obviously heard that quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and they were really understanding and they gave me loads of great advice and they really pointed me in the right direction. So I do think, most importantly, go and see your GP. Yeah, because the NHS has got really good now with, I know, like my local health authority, there's lots there for, for mental health support and therapy sessions. But um, yeah, you definitely, it's worth investigating, right? Even if you feel blue, yeah. it's worth just having a bit of a check-in with somebody. Liz, what's the difference between, you know, there's times when we all just, we're all just not feeling it. We're all a bit tired, we're all a bit, just, it's not, a great day and actually being like this is something I need to address mm. it's a problem any sort of mental health things are really difficult to uh, sort of quantify or you know diagnose it's because it is very grey area up and down you know some people are, are naturally a little lower than other people and again it kind of comes back to that thing of what's normal for you if this is not normal for you 
one if it's not normal for you to be down for so long and two if you can't function if you can't carry on your everyday life in the way that you normally would that is absolutely even if it's been three days that's the time to do something if it's been a month you know that's the time to do something um like you said you know you went in and you didn't know don't give me the drugs don't give me the drugs I was exactly the same like don't give me anything I was so we have this real fear that it's going to make you someone who you're not it's going to kind of dampen you in some weird way so that you can't function properly especially if you're a creative person I think that's very worrying because then suddenly what if I can't have all these great ideas that I normally have because I'm drugged drugged down but actually and I'm a huge advocate of not taking drugs as much as we possibly can because talking therapy and all the other things that we can do but you know if you actually need a crutch just to lean on in order to function well enough to then get better, then actually I would say that then you should be taking something because, you know, we fight and we fight. We're so brave. We're so we're badass women. You know, we're really stoical. It's great. Yeah, you know what? If you're both your legs are broken, then maybe you should put them in plaster just to I fix added, them for a wee while. You <laughs> yeah, know? Great point. I added on with, with her that we also need to be con- conscious of mm. what's going on. So Jan, Feb, a hard month. It's dark. It's been cold. It's been wet for a long time. Uh, financially, you know, people, bad it's it's bad times. I think most people aren't really saying yes to stuff. So she also works for herself. So she was getting lots of no's or people just not coming back to her. Mm. So I said, kind of just be aware of where you are in life yeah. and where you are in the kind of cycle of the year. Be conscious of that bit first and then start to remove that and think, well, how do I feel? Are, do, are there any aches, pains, niggles? How often have I been unwell? What do I feel yeah. like in the morning? Do I want to get out of bed? How am I when I'm around my friends? Am I not myself or do I have yeah. those moments of, of being, being that or the person that I think I am? And then start to make an assessment for yourself so that when you go to the doctor, you can have a conversation based on actually how you feel and also take a vitamin d tablet like yes. we all need more vitamin d yeah um emma what is our second problem of the week so a friend of mine uh, has been with her boyfriend for a couple of years and she's just just found out he doesn't know that she knows that he's got over fifty thousand pounds worth of credit card debts <gasps> and she's like i i don't know what to do and i was absolutely like dumbfounded i was like i don't mm. i have no idea what advice to offer so i said i'd, I'd bring it to the show this week because i know that i know harry you've got some yes. advice around it well so and <laughs> um, i mean i come from a family where you know, we, i grew up with a family who had a lot of credit card debt a, a lot of debt generally but a lot of credit card debt we grew up with kind of bailiffs knocking on the door and all this type of thing that was considered a kind of normal so when in my 20s I also accrued quite a lot of credit card debt I thought it was normal I didn't realise that actually there were people out there who didn't have debt or I thought you had to be very rich to not have debt um I think in her case, you know, the most important thing she can do is talk to him about it. Talk to him and understand that actually he's probably not going to want to talk about it. If it's got to that stage, it's really bad. Um, so he's not going to want to talk about it. But she has to She has to tell him that she knows. She has to show that. The other thing is that when we talk about money, we don't think that money is a relationship. Mm-hmm. We have a relationship with money. And we all have different views and different attitudes to it. And it's not... It's not black and white. So she really has to know what her own relationship with money is first and what are her boundaries around it. So is she okay with him having 
you know, 20 grand's worth of credit card debt, would that be fine? Or is it no credit cards ever? Is she okay with him having 50 grand's worth of debt if he's still paying all the bills and he's totally able to manage and he's fine? You know, what is it that's really worrying her about this? I think the secrecy, to be honest, is a big problem. Yeah. I mean, the impact it can have on your relationship in terms of dynamics and yeah you know there's also like money is relative right so to one person 50 grand is a huge amount of money to somebody else it's what they blow on a weekend you know like there is so first of all like who is that (laughs) person (laughs) poverty is relative Um, but you know there's like there is relative so you can't judge just on the amount but the secrecy is worrying and so i would say first thing talk to him about it Google debt advisory. There are so many great advisory services out there. Um, and if it's a real problem, he's going to start having to look at maybe kind of finding some, it sounds to me like an addiction, so some addiction specialist. That's where I would start. I, I, before she does that, I think she, she should also assess whether or not she wants to be in a relationship long term. That's That would be the first question. Yeah. So all of that, if it's that. if it's the relationship that you see mm. having potential in but the I think future. Because you just know, you just turn into their mum. <laughs> Plotting out a life for them and that changes the dynamic of the relationship. So the first Mm. question is, do I want this to go somewhere? Is there long-term potential? And how do we come at this together without becoming their mum, without coming up with a plan for them? Because that creates a dependency and that is dangerous. And it will come back to bite you in the butt later on in the relationship. And he will hate that as well because it's like, oh my God, are you checking up on me all the time? Oh, like a scalded little boy, Mm -hmm. you know. But if that's how you're behaving, then actually that is how someone's going to have to treat you. But he could also be absolutely desperate to talk about it. Yeah, because credit cards change your mentality. I remember getting a credit card. The only times I've been out of control with a credit card was when I couldn't afford a credit card and I'd go into Topshop and I'd be like sweet I really like that top I think I'll get it in three colours idiot I mean that's the other thing right like actually as we were talking about with food earlier so Mm. money and food really similar Mm. Um, if it's it's a coping mechanism if you're having a bad day and you're like I'm going to buy myself something nice that's how we cope with it so third problem of the day which is mine and so this comes from a friend of mine but I have also had this problem before and it is it's a good problem to have but not in a great way so when you hire someone my friend has hired a girl who she's working with and she thinks she's great she hired her because she was bright and she knew the industry and she knew she was going to be good at the job and she's turned out to be so good at the job that my friend is actually a little bit threatened for her own job. She's actually worrying that people in the office think that she is, the girl she's hired, is better than she is. What does she do? Liz, what do you think? Oh, no. Uh, what do I think? Well, it's a bit of a hazard of the job, isn't it? Because you always want, you know, you want the good people and sometimes the good people are going to outshine you. I think, actually, at the end of the day, if that's the case, that is the case. I mean, you know, you bring somebody in, if, if they're better than you, then maybe they will maybe not take over your job, but, but certainly uh, maybe work alongside you. It's awful, isn't it? it? Especially if you're in an industry where, you know, you kind of have to work with a lot of people. We have to we, we have to bring the good people forward. I mean, I run a business, the same thing. So I've started taking in some young graduates. They're bright, they're energetic, they're positive, they're wonderful. And I'm sitting there thinking, damn, you're already quite good, actually, aren't you? Maybe I'm going to... No, I'll handle this meeting myself. It's fine. <laughs> don't you come taking over. But you, don't, you want the good people. Yeah, I don't want to hire bad people. This so is my never. hiring policy. Like, yeah. I will always hire people better than me. Yeah. You know, and I, like... I, I, like Leah who works for me she's incredible at some stuff like the way her brain thinks you know and I've got two choices I can feel threatened by that and then push her down because my ego is feeling a little Mm. bit threatened or I can go this girl is incredible she's going to make my business better if my business is better I'm better and like I know I'm my own boss so I'm not going to fire myself but even if I was employed I always loved it when team members were better than me Mm. because you make my team better and ultimately you make me look better so I, I don't get the threatened thing 
Absolutely. I'm going to say, up your game, boo-boo. Yeah. <laughs> up your game. Like, learn from that, that is, person. Yeah, like, it's, that yeah. is all about you and your own insecurities. Totally. So if they're outshining you, you need to go and get some stuff. What You need to yes. go and work on some stuff. Get yes. some training. I agree. Do whatever you need to do. But that is all you. Yeah. And yeah. also, I think you never know where they're going to end up, right? Be nice totally. to them. Help that them get a great career. Yeah. They yeah. might hire you What's at some it? point. What was we saying the other week from Anne Friedman, which is you shine, I shine. Yeah. Shine theory. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. And, tre- <laughs> and treat each other nicely, you know, because I'm sure we've all been at the receiving. I've been stabbed in the back by women so many yeah. times. And I do say women, because guys tend to not do that so much. They'll just kind of wander off and do something else. Oh, oh Liz, don't make me take but, you out. Yeah. 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 Stressful uh, are, you, are you implying that you took me out? <laughs> yeah. uh, that did not happen. <laughs> you know, I, don't, I just think, come on, you know, if, if we really are all about oh, girl power and feminism and supporting women, don't be, you know, don't stab each other in the back. Yeah, and I've we had stories, I've met some incredible here. women that have been bullied and their self-esteem has been hit rock bottom yeah. and they were so talented and so mm. smart. Brilliant. Not thank cool. you. It's not cool. <laughs> you shine, I shine. I love that. Um, so thank you very much to Liz Fraser for joining us today. Liz, um, tell us again what the website is. Go to, to find Headcase, go to inmyheadcase.com and on Twitter we're at inmyheadcase. Thank you very much. And um, we'll be coming up after this break talking about our backdated badass, a woman from history that we think you should know more about. And this one is genuinely just incredible and her quotes are incredible and you're going to want to Instagram the hell out of her um, but as ever if you want to be part of our badass balls up you can follow us on Twitter and tweet us using the hashtag BAW8 tell us your problems and we'll try and solve them Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio she'll get you talking Many people wonder where my secret lies. I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model size. When I start to tell them, they think I'm telling lies. But I say, I'm a woman. (laughs) Phenomenally. It's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. It's the fire in my eyes. The flash of my teeth, the swing in my waist, the joy in my feet. Because I'm a woman. Phenomenally. Phenomenal woman. It ought to make you proud. That's my mother and my grandmothers and my great-grandmothers and your greats and my great-greats and and all you women and me. Welcome back to the Badass Women's Hour. Three women, one hour, all the opinions we can muster and a whole load of badass. I'm Harriet Minter here on Talk Radio with my co-hosts Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton. And that was the new advert from the This Girl Can campaign featuring the words from our backdated badass this week, Maya Angelou. Now, Emma, 
You picked Maya. What was it about her that you just love? So I've always had a massive girl crush on Maya. And then when this advert came in, and it's her voice doing reading her poem, Phenomenal Woman. And when I watch that advert and I hear her voice, it makes me so excited and so happy to be a woman. And there's not many things that like do that, but like make you consciously aware and go, yes. And there's just something about passion in her voice. So everyone kind of thinks they know lots about Maya Angelou. She obviously became very famous. Um, but we've done a bit of research and there's lots of things that I didn't know about her so now what is the some stuff that's come up that maybe is less well known about her I don't think most people know that she um had multiple careers she was the ultimate portfolio woman so she was an author poet historian songwriter playwright uh playwright dancer uh, on stage and screen but she was also a sex worker for a period of time and a nightclub dancer. So I think, you know, um, she was also a producer, a director. She had albums out before she even became the the, the famous, um, I guess, author that we know her for. And she was obviously a civil rights activist. So across her, her lifetime, she has had um, a myriad of creative professions and excelled in all of them that I feel weird saying and excelled in all of them um, given the list that I... It is weird uh, to be a hybrid across all those things. She's had like 50 50 honorary degrees. Yeah. But, you know, as I think it's... But she's had real hardship. So she has a story. She was sexually abused when she was young and she was mute. So she didn't speak for five years. So it's really interesting how these incredible people and, like, you know, we talked earlier about Stormzy's, um, like, statement this week about his mental health and how he didn't think that people who were great could have mental health issues and challenges in life. You know, and she's had some phenomenal challenges. Mm. And she's kind of, like they must play a massive part in the fact that she's so inspirational and do you think it's some of those challenges that kind of actually made her that that it was that background that gave her that voice yeah so i've watched a lot of the interviews uh with her on on oprah they used to call each other sister friend and she she says everything that or she said that everything she is and the woman she has become is the result of what she experienced through life and she fell in love with words because she spent most of her time not speaking reading and that was her love affair so when she finally started to speak that was it it and i, I feel like the five years of, of her being into herself was that period of, of resilience building and creativity and it all just bubbling up and then we got to benefit from the the amazingness that ensued one of the first books that i remember reading was i know why the cage bird sings and i read letter to my daughter when it came out so maybe five and a bit years ago and it's the it's the letter she would have or it's what she would have said to her daughter had she have had a daughter and it's beautiful and it's all the life advice that you know you'd want someone to give you in that moment of you know sitting there on the sofa thinking oh, tonight is the night of kettle chips and i don't really <laughs> what, what's next <laughs> it, it, it's a beautiful book i, I can recommend it um, she is now famous really i mean you know rightly or wrongly she's now famous for having these kind of bomb most these words of wisdom yeah. that just seem to hit you exactly when you need them do you kind of have any favorites from her i do is i have learned that people will forget what you said people will forget what you did but people will never forget how you made them feel and i think that is probably one of the most popular ones from recent times but it just it's so true there's another one that is when people show you who they are 
the first time, believe yes, them. Yes, that's And I say one. that to people all the time. Yes. Like, why did you expect this person to be any different? When they showed you who they were that time, yeah. that is who they are. Yeah. So, yeah. My favourite one, and it's quite apt for today, actually, says... Um, what you what you're supposed to do when you don't like a thing is to change it. If you can't change it, change the way you think about it. Mm. And uh, I think that's a really powerful way of sort of changing your mindset when you do have a challenging time. You know, we talk about mental health, but if you understand the way your your mind works and being able to look at something from a different perspective, you can really change the way you feel about that situation. And also, I think within that, what when I remember when I sort of read that for the first time, and I thought was actually that immense power to have mm. some control over your situation, even when you feel like you have no control over it, even when as she's been through, you're in horrendous, horrendous situations, you can still control how you feel about it. Mm. And that for me was it was transformative. And I also like the title of that poem, Phenomenal Woman. Yes. I'm like, yes. Yes, we are. And if you think she came up with that title at a time when women were not deemed phenomenal. Mm. She came up with a lot of her work during the civil rights era when she herself would have not been even, she would have not been able to to sit in the same venue as, 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 as white people. So to have this innate belief of brilliance and badassness all the way through her career and to, you know, towards the end of her career she spoke it or she read her poem at the inauguration of Bill Clinton and then she read at the inauguration or both inaugurations of, of Clinton and then Barack Obama so to go from you know this woman denied so much with only your words to ultimately blessing that's what I consider sort of that poem reading um, scenario to be but blessing the next president in, of the United States of America a country that you live in that I mean it, you know but I also it's hard love to even conceptualize, even though it is real. I love through that poem though as well is that it is such a feminine poem. Mm. So there's this feminine power, which is my new obsession basically, which is about femininity being as powerful as masculinity, but not losing femininity. And that that yeah, oh, I've got a massive girl crush. Sorry, <laughs> well, <with me. laughs> so we're coming towards the end of our show. But as ever, we like to leave you with a thought for the week, something you can do to be more badass this week. And this is our badass principle. So, Nat, what is it this week? Our badass principle for this week is shine on. Shine on. Yes. And what do we mean by that? Uh, so we we referenced shine theory earlier on in the show, and it's the the idea that it's been a dark few months um literally and figuratively uh so shine on radiate whatever it is that you feel good about and pass it on to someone else um and if you don't feel that shine or that glow you know f- find it from somewhere go deep find it radiate it and pass it on emma what makes you shine do you know what? What makes me shine is seeing other people shine and like and, and enabling that and, and seeking ways that I can pass that shine on because it's one thing for ourselves to shine. But I think if you can get over your own insecurities and feeling threatened by other people being successful and genuinely relish it and genuinely do what you can to support it, that actually is a lot more fulfilling. We're a more selfish one. Yeah. So apart from helping others, because yeah. lots, of, I think people, most people think about helping others when they think about what makes them feel good or makes them shine. Yeah. But what's a, what's a selfish thing that you do just for you that's not about someone else? I think shine on for me is actually about um, really feeling that I am like radiating my best self. So even if I'm not feeling it, knowing what the bestest badass version of me is, and 
you know, trying to radiate that. That to me is shine on when I'm feeling like my best self or faking feeling my best self. Yeah, I think none of us do anyone a favour by hiding our light under a bushel. Um, So that's all from us for this week. But if you liked us and you want to spend more time with us, and why wouldn't you? You can come be one of our live events that we're running this month. We are very busy in March. So we will be putting all of these events out on our Twitter and Facebook pages. I'll give you the details for this in just a minute. But if you're the organised type, that has a pen and a paper to hand this is what we are going to be up to so on the 7th of March we'll be at the W London Hotel for our International Women's Day event and it's all about you pitching us your brilliant bold ideas the things that are going to change the world so if you've got one and you want some advice some help some of our contacts come along and tell us about it and then on the 10th of March we're actually going to be at Box Park Croydon uh, working with the amazing team from Girls Talk and we're going to be what does it mean to be bold for change what's that all about Emma And I just want to do a shout out for a friend of mine, Stephanie Saunton, celebrity nail technician, who has herself had some mental health problems. And she's doing a charity event called Nailing Mental Health. Search the hashtag, search on Facebook. It's on April the 2nd, but please do support her. On the 18th of March, we're going to be at Boom Cycle. I am scared of this one. We're at Boom Cycle and we're doing a panel and then a spin class. I'm going to be skiving at the back of that spin class. I'm going to be totally faking it. Lower the gear. So we'll be at all of those, so come and join us. But we'll also put them out on our social media channels because you can, of course, come and find us on social media. Follow our hashtag, B-A-W-H, or find us on Twitter at Badass Women's Hour, HR. That's at Badass Women's Hour. On Instagram at the same handle or on Facebook at the Badass Women's Hour. Or you can come and talk to us personally. You can find me at Harriet Minter and Nat. At Nat D. Campbell. And Emma. At Emma Sexton. And we'll be back here again on Talk Radio same time next week. Badass Women's Hour with Harriet Minter, Natalie Campbell and Emma Sexton on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. You've been listening to the Badass Women's Hour podcast. If you liked us, you can help us out and there are some very simple ways to do that. First of all, give us five stars. Five stars, please. Anything less than five stars and a fairy dies. Or leave us a review telling us how wonderful we are, how much you loved our voices and how you can't wait for the next episode, which will be here on your podcast downloads next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 